Hey there, friends. I hope that you enjoy this episode of the Remembering and Reenchanting podcast as much as I enjoyed making it. I want to take a moment here at the beginning to extend a special offer, an invitation to you, our dear listeners, to join the Remembering course. Our next start date is going to be in the middle of March. This is a powerful, deeply moving, and for many people, transformational experience into the heart of colonization, climate change, family histories, ancestors, and so many other critical intersecting pieces. Just visit our website, Sequoia Samanvaya. All the information is in the link below. Welcome to the Remembering and Reenchanting podcast. My name is Sarah Jolina Wolcott, and I am your hostess on this sacred learning journey of unraveling, unveiling, and becoming more fully alive at the end of the world as we know it. In this podcast, we offer up to you, dear listener, three forms of episodes to support your journey of remembering and re-enchanting. First, conversations with amazing people. Second, storytelling. And third, myth-casting. This episode is a myth-casting episode, where I take a myth that has been around for many generations, told in many different ways, by different people and retell it for our times. Let us start the story a long time ago. So long ago it makes yesterday seem far away. We little people cannot imagine night without day. But if you listen to the old songs, he might hear of a strand, the whispers of a time before the light came into the world. In those times, all was darkness. There was neither form nor matter. Long before Tiamat was born, there was she who was. She who encompassed all, and all was her. And you see, the problem with being infinite and all-knowing is that there are no surprises. It is rather boring. And so she decided one fine day there was also a night that was neither day nor night that she wanted to experience everything as everything. These days we might say the good, the bad, and the ugly. She, of course, did not use those words. For all was all, and there was no real separation between such notions as good and bad and ugly in her vastness. But instead there was variations of ebb and flow. She, in her great wisdom, knew that she would have to forget what she once knew and that that she was everything. In order for this trick, this illusion of separation and existence and differentiation to actually work, 
in order that words for her to not be so bored. And so she began to create something from the waters of infinity. And that something became like a bird moving over the waters. And the bird whispered in the darkness, let there be light, and there was light. And she was pleased with it and began slowly to infuse herself in the light and part of herself in the dark and to let the two separate into day and night with a little bit in between that is twilight. And from the moment, this moment, the time began and the era that was one of oneness morphed into the era of interconnected differentiation. And she let a part of herself forget herself even as there was another part of her that remembered everything. In both parts, that which forgets and that which remembers became intertwined only at twilight, which is when the shadows are long and you can't tell for certain if you are looking at a friend or a stranger or an uncle or an aunt, and you can choose when a figure approaches you which story you may tell about the unknown. Long after creation was created, there are deities with more magical powers than we have today, but who still have constrictions and limitations. And in this one particular part of the world, where there are many islands filled with olive trees and sheep and goats, there lived a manifestations of Mother Earth, who vaguely knew she was still smaller than her spiritual great-grandmother, and yet she had the powers of life and regeneration. And she was called in that time and place Demeter. And she had a fair young daughter named Persephone. There are rumors of who her father was, but it was probably doesn't really matter, and we can't really be sure she had a father at all, for Demeter, being a great earth goddess, does not always have a male consort. One day, Persephone was playing in the fields. It was a fine, bright day. She remembered, for years after she remembered that day, the way the sun was on the flowers beneath the oak and the acorns that hung on the oak tree. She was admiring the acorns and thinking what cute little hats they might become for some of her very tiny tree sprite friends, who were always making the sweetest outfits from the woodland creatures they played amongst. And she started to talk to the oak tree itself, a great gnarly old creature whose roots went far deep into the earth, about how sweet were the acorns. Ah, yes, says the oak tree. That is because they are seeds, and seeds are filled with potential. But you know the seeds would not be possible unless my roots sunk into the ground. And she found herself wondering, half to herself and half out loud, what it might be like to be underground, like the root of a tree. It was not long after her mutterings that the ground itself opened underneath her, and she was sucked under. Now some say that Hades was the king of the underworld, and heaven watching her this whole time, and wanted her for his wife, and had no interest in courting her or doing things the usual way, and so just wanted to take what he thought could be his. Others say she wanted to go, in the way that we want to go to that which is dangerous and foreign, and also do not want to go, for why would we leave all that we let know and love? Others say that it was an accident, and she slipped and fell down the rabbit hole next to the oak tree. Others say she walked for a long time and lost a hand in the process or even two, and birds had to feed her to keep her alive, for she could barely feed herself, the handless maiden, until she found the doorway to the underworld and let herself down the long, dark pathway to what lies beneath. And then even now there are those who will say that she was barely lost at all, 
That, of course, is not true. The most important point is that she did indeed, that she was disappeared. Disappeared from her community and somewhere else, like into someplace else. That place slimy with oil and smelly from gas fumes. A place where all the institutions were run by pale, ghost-like male bodies. There she found the trash that was never composes and everything reeked. The blood of dinosaurs had been constructed into strange shapes like transparent bags that strangled the ghosts of fish and the sounds that were so terrible, the mournful cries of all of those who regretted the damage they had done to other living beings in their life. She wandered far and deep into the underworld, far beyond where the living dare go, until she found the forest beneath the forest. On top of the forest were the roots from the trees, and she wondered if one of them was her old oak tree, the one with the gnarly roots. And underneath the great oak gnarly roots was a delicate, if rather prickly tree with a bright red fruit. A snake wrapped itself around that tree. Far from the king of the underworld, the snake beckoned Persephone closer to the tree and made whispers to her that it was not a bad thing to eat the fruit, despite all that she had been told of eating from the underworld. She would know something different if she ate of it. She would be changed. Her life would never be the same. But did she not want to know? Above ground, her mother, dear Demeter, was besides herself. Now you probably know the part of the story well, at least you think you do. Well, Persephone went to the underground forest wherein she met the king of the dead and became his bride. Maybe she was raped, or maybe she chose to go, or maybe he was her father, and when she took a place by his side, she took a seat akin to her inheritance. She ate of the fruit of the underworld, and so she became of the underworld, and her mother, dear Demeter, hunted for her daughter. She looked under the great big stones covered with moss. She combed the bogs lining the moors. She went to the top of the mountains, and wherever she went, she cried out for her daughter, wailing and screaming and gnashing her teeth and saying, and when her daughter was not to be found, she wept. She wept in anguish, and from her tears grew death, and all the world mourned, and the cold came. Die, 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 she screamed to the world. And death came. No babe could be born. No seed could grow. No wheat waves for grain, nor flowers for wreaths. She wandered until she came to the forest and the great gnarly oak tree. And besides the oak tree was a cave. And within that cave, she heard someone cackle. And out came Babo. No. Babo had heard Demeter's cries, and she emerged from her pointy cave that was actually quite soft and warm on the inside, with a wee bit of concern. She, after all, had a great appreciation for Demeter and the lovely Persephone. And here was Demeter, unbathed, clothes tattered, her long locks unkept. She was too thin and had been crying for far too many days. Baobo approached by dancing the exhausted goddess Demeter, and Demeter could not help but notice her and her rather funny dance, and Bravo was a funny little goddess indeed. She was a one who had no head. Her nipples were her eyes, and her vulva was her mouth. Through this lovely mouth, she began to regale with Demeter with some juicy jokes of a sexual kind. Now, 
The jokes that goddess tell one another are often missed by us humans. But women of all backgrounds know the jokes that women tell one another. And we can surmise that these jokes were quite similar. Demeter began to smile and then to chuckle. And then she gave a great full bull belly laugh. And together the two women laughed and laughed and the little belly goddess Babo and the great powerful mother earth goddess Demeter. It was this laughing when the sky seemed to be falling that drew Demeter out of her own depression. Even earth goddesses can get depressed and gave her the energy to continue her search for her daughter in Hades. And it was Baobo and the crone Hecate and the sun Helios. And then they went together into the underworld. Eros and the goddess of the witches and the sun himself to find the child who had been disappeared or perhaps had gone in search of what only the underworld knows. Into the depths of the shadowlands they traveled. For Mother Earth does not forget her beloved children. And she will stalk them and find them. Through the shadows, through the gnarly roots of the underworld, through the hideous smells of the gas and the oil and all that has led to the destruction of our place. She walked amongst those in search of her beloved child. And they found her amidst the grim and horrific the dead and the ghosts and the not quite dead, amidst sin and shadow, the great mother earth and the belly goddess and the crone and the light of the sky, all together they did find Persephone, sitting on a rather cold stone. She was so happy to see her mother. And Demeter eyed Hades, that old one, who in some of the even older stories is just another aspect of Demeter, for why is death separated from life after all? And in some of the even older stories, of course, there's only one who is all of them in the path, who chose this path, the path of multiple worlds, who chose to eat the pomegranate seeds, and who thereafter would never live fully in the world of the living, nor fully in the world of the dead, nor fully in the world that may lay between, but who knew forever both the pain of death and the sweetness of life, and that neither could quite overcome the other. Thank you so much for listening to the Remembering and Reenchanting podcast. If you are enjoying what you are hearing, please subscribe, share, and leave us a review. I am always happy to hear from you, dear listener, to continue finding ways to connect the disconnected and go deeper on your own journey of remembering and re-enchanting with your communities, your organizations, and your families. I invite you to check out our courses and other community offerings via the Sequoia Samanvaya website. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn though I must admit I spend much more time working with really amazing people than crafting social media. If you want to work with me one-on-one or bring me to speak at your organization or family office, you can find out more at sarahjolina.com.
Thank you.